Bibles to the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And again, keep praying for one another. Keep praying for me and my family. I'm praying for you and your families. And I know uh, God is working. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Ephesians 6. Let's ask God to help us right now. Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we thank you for your presence, God. We thank you for, Lord, just what we have already heard and felt in this service. God, you are so good. Lord, I ask you, please, God, to continue to work, Lord. God, that you would just bring victory in every heart and every life. God, give us, Lord, I pray, clear vision, Lord, that we can see and ears that we can hear and hearts, Lord God, uh, are, are just ready to obey you and to walk with you, God. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. In high places. God bless you. You can be seated. Sunday night, we talked about a subtle enemy. Told you that in Genesis, the third chapter, the serpent comes and begins to sow doubt in Eve's mind. Begins to tempt her. Amen? Begins to deal with her in a very subtle manner. She, the Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And he begins to just slowly just begin to spin a web, if you will, in order to entrap Eve and Adam and cause them to fall. Amen. We see here in the New Testament that the enemy is still so very subtle. The very key word that we're looking at there in verse 11 is that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil will go about to trick you. The devil will try to work in a way that that is not so obvious, but you sometimes have to stop a minute and and in the busyness of your day as the Spirit of God would just whisper into your heart, be careful, beware, amen, hallelujah. Because the enemy is many times working behind the scenes, hallelujah. I don't, I've said it many times, I don't have such a, Maybe a, a, a fear of the enemy. I, I'm not uh, so uh, consumed with, with what he's trying to do. But we're not ignorant of his devices. And we need to be aware that the enemy does not come so obvious at times. The Bible talks in Matthew 24, uh, uh, verse 24. It talks about the false Christ and false prophets that would come in the last days. Wouldn't it seem... So bizarre that someone could come and profess to be a false Christ, 
and or and and to see the Bible says if it were possible in those in that verse in Matthew twenty four twenty four if it were possible the very elect would be deceived. Amen. I, I, I tell you what the answer is: stay close to God. Amen. Don't play games. Don't 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 uh, uh, don't fool around with 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 your soul. Hallelujah. There's uh, no doubt about it. I've seen it too many times. A little compromise here, little inroads that the devil tries to make, and somebody says, "Oh, it's not such a big deal." We use David as an example so often. Amen. I'm sure a man of God like David uh, understood that. Uh, you know, I, I've heard it so many times. I can almost hear David saying it. Oh, just because I'm going across the street and going to knock on a door, oh, I would never commit adultery. Oh, I'd never just kill my kill a friend to try to cover up my own sin. You know, if if Nathan would have come to said, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" Oh, what do you think of me? You don't trust me at all. But, you know, that's the way the devil works. He, right. he, he, he works in those subtle ways. Right. And uh, everybody's ever backslid. You, somewhere along the way, I'm not back on a backslide. Right. I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not leaving church. I'm not walking away from a... Are you praying? All right. Amen. What's the word of God mean to you? Let me ask you, is, is God working on you somehow? Is there? Hallelujah. I asked somebody uh, here recently there. They shared some preaching with me that that uh, from another church. And they said, uh, oh, I'd love for you to listen to this. And I and I got back to him and I said, so, so tell me, I just want to hear, you know, what put it in your words. What 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 made you like that so much that you wanted to share it with me? No response. Come on now. You've got to get this in you. Praise God. It's not going to happen on a bar stool. It's going to happen on a church pew that the enemy tries to slip in and, and begin to cause you to doubt and begin to, to, to rob you of a real experience with God. Amen. I'm telling you, it's not always easy for you. And the devil will tell you, see, nobody else struggles with distraction like you. And just because you don't feel God like you want to. And, and, uh, but, you know, every one of us has to push through some of that sometimes. We have to put our faith and our confidence in, in God in the battle. So the devil's slick. He's, he knows what he's doing. Amen. And we talked about last uh, service there Sunday night, we talked about how fear can be a very subtle thing working in the background. We understand fear sometimes as, uh, you know, sometimes when it just kind of comes against us in a very strong way. And I'm, I'm sure every one of us at some time or another have, have experienced just the enemy trying to grip us with fear. But how often have we recognized how he's working just kind of behind the scenes in some things? Took you to that scripture that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind and and took that apart, just a little review, just just looking at how God has given us the power to be the sons of God, given us the power to be witnesses, given us the power to to use our gifts that God has put in us to 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 help people see how great God is. And and uh, Paul talked to Timothy and said, "Stir that gift up in you." Why would Paul have to tell him that? Because 
You know, the enemy tries to to intimidate us and kind of get us a lot of times. There's many other reasons. Maybe people might just kind of let some things slip. But but often there's a fear of, uh, well, what if I just don't do everything right? Feel fear. We said it was a fear of failure. Amen. Sometimes it's uh, just exactly, you know, the Bible says he's given us these treasures in earthen vessels. And I have found, let me say this, uh, with the gifts of spirit in operation tonight, I have found in, even in my own life, and, and I've seen in, in some of you, when God kind of takes you to use you in a certain place, and that's exciting, and that's, uh, that's uh, a privilege from God, and, and you're, you're blessed of that. But the enemy is quick to move and try to bring condemnation at every little detail and work against your mind. I remember, I remember one time uh, I was in a service. Uh, brother, it, it's probably 30 years ago, more. Probably more than that. And, and God was using me in, in different ways at that time. And I was just wanting to be a help and a blessing. And I remember an, an elderly woman in the church. And I remember that God moved on her. I felt it coming. I was... Oh, I don't even know how old I would have been. Somewhere on more or less around 20 years old, I guess. But I remember I felt God moving on her. I knew it was coming. And I also recognized that the pastor, not giving him any fault at this time, but the pastor was oblivious to it. And I knew that was, I could see it all unfolding. He was just getting uh, more and more worked up. And I feel like he kind of was missing something because the spirit of God was kind of moving us in that place that, that God was going to work in, in the gifts. And, uh, and, um, and, and this, this elderly, sweet elderly woman just, just began to, to obey God and, and, and start ministering in a gift of tongues and, and, uh, and, and, uh, she, I've, I've heard her do that years before that, but it'd been a while, and and I and I was, and the pastor just kind of put the gas on rather than just and and uh, uh, and after that all just went by, you know, after the service ended, I I like here I am just really a kid, and I ran to find this woman. Because I, I knew what I was going to find. And I found her somewhere kind of getting ready to run out the door in tears, just broken. And I said, uh, hey, hey, wait a minute. And she said, I, 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 I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. I, it's, I, I said, no, 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 stop. Stop. That wasn't you. God was there. There was an interpretation. I felt it. I know God was working. It just was, uh, you know, and, and nobody was mad at the pastor or mad. At, it was just, hey, it, it, we're We're human. And the gifts, they're holy, and it's, you know, you feel like you want to kick your shoes off because you're in holy ground, and, and we don't take it lightly. There's a lot of people taking it lightly, and, and that's, to me, that's really, it's not just borderline. It, it's blasphemous to, to step into something like that and not take it seriously. But, but listen, we still, you know, sometimes uh, do our best, and God, you know, we just all got to keep our eyes on God. When you're witnessing when you're trying to help somebody, when you t- even even testimonies, you say, "Ah, oh, I wish there was something. I so much I wanted to say that I didn't." Yeah, me too. Right. But we're not going to beat each other up. Don't beat yourself up. 
pray and do your best. You say, well, I'm telling you in the Bible when Spirit of God was moving and God was working, you know, everything was just perfect. Yeah, you don't read your Bible very closely. Right? <laughs> you know, oh, you know, God doesn't make, God never made a mistake. People, his people, constantly. Right. You know, I don't care. You, yeah, you ever read about Moses? Right. Amen. How about Peter? <laughs> so, you know, we're not making light of it, but. I think a lot of times people get so, listen to me, let me just say it this way. They're, they're, they think they're being really, really holy, but they're really being unreasonable. And, uh, and we don't want to be like the Pharisees. We're going to try to do better. We're going to try to do our best, but we're going to give each other a lot of grace in doing these things. Because there's a lot of fear that the enemy tries to, to, to keep you from really stepping out in faith and obeying God. Fear. That's not God. That's not God. It's, it's the fear of failure. We talked about the love and how we fear sometimes to be hurt. How many understand love is really what it's all about? Amen. It's, it's, it's a love of God that brought him to the earth. It's his love that took him to that cross. It's his love that that is all, and it's his love in us. It's going to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the creation, every living creature. But how often are we, you know, the apostles, they had to pray for boldness, right? Why? Because you you get scared that you're going to get hurt. Now they get hurt for real. (laughs) You say, oh, you're going to hurt my feelings. They were worried about getting beat. Oh, somebody's going to call me, you know, this or that. They're going to think this of me. I wonder. I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, people are going to think I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, so I'm just not going to do it at all. Don't don't let that be in. you got to cast that fear out. People are going to think I'm what, what, what? Don't let your mind go in that direction. Don't try to think about what people are going to think about. (laughs) You know, it, it sounds so silly. Well, then why do you do it? <laughs> They're going to wonder my, about my motives. Let them. Yeah. Just make sure your motives are right and obey God. Amen. Oh, if I try to do something nice for somebody, do something nice anyway. Oh, what if they don't appreciate it? What if they, uh, do, well, just you do it because you're nice. Ah, if I respect somebody, they're not going to respect me. Be respectful. That's because you got the Holy Ghost. You're better than that. See, what is really hard, and, and I know this, and, uh, you know, you're going to do for God and not worry about, let God have the results. You know, let God deal with that, you know. I'm not expecting anything back. I'm not expecting them to, uh, I'm not looking for that. I'm just, I'm just doing my part and God, okay, you know. And, uh. You know, after a while, you're just going to be like, well, if I don't get hurt, that's a bonus. Right. But I'm not going to worry about that because it's just uh, it's in God's hands. I just want to know at the end of the day that I did the right thing. I showed the love. Yeah. We talked about having a sound mind, a stable mind. And and we use that as the, the truth of God's word being the stability of our times, you know, the stability of uh, of our life and and how we ought to be afraid to be different. Hello? We oughtn't be afraid in this world that is so 
contrary to what is holy and what is true. And we see so much of what we see in the word of God. You know, it's always been the case as much as I really am not excited about it. It is the truth that the way is narrow and few there be that find it. That fear of standing out in the crowd, that fear of being different, that fear of, uh, well, you know how many churches preach it this way or do it this way. That's uh, really not, has nothing to do with what does the Bible say. The Bible says even if hand join in hand. That just means you get a whole bunch of people say, well, they don't. You know, people like to say that. Oh, I'm not the only one that thinks that. Eh, just if God thinks it, then I'm okay with that. Amen? So that spirit of fear is what kind of holds us back from. That's why we got to pray for boldness. We got to pray that God just just use me. Amen. Just just use me for your glory. And don't let me be afraid of failure, afraid of hurt, afraid of uh, being different. Amen. Let's turn to Matthew, the 18th chapter. So that's all review. And uh, we uh, Wednesday night did enough stomping and snorting about all the things that are going on in this world we don't agree with. But Matthew 18, verse 1, I want to talk about something else tonight. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And that does sound, I've said this to you many times, it sounds like an odd question, really. It, it sounds like they're set up for failure, really. But I like... To kind of think that maybe they, beyond the idea of I want to be the greatest or better at least than them, <laughs> that it's a competition somehow, that I want to know just how to, how to be great in your eyes. What's it mean to be a great Christian, God? You know, I think that subtlety in there that we're going to talk about is what what really kind of messes it up. It's not how can I be great, but how can I be the greatest? I want to be better than everybody else. And the great thing, if I could say that that way, uh, about God's kingdom is if you want to be great, help somebody else be great. Hallelujah. That's uh, it's not really uh, a... Uh, popular theme to to really serve and to you know people in this day they they want to grow they want to even even churches that uh you know they they it's kind of like i've tried to explain it to people it's kind of like the the big box stores that don't mind one bit to just just uh kind of destroy all the little mom and pop places around you know they would never think of working together with them and helping them be great and helping them because they're the competition rather than, hey, you know, there's enough customers in this area. We can all help out one another and work together. That's really the way churches ought to work. I mean, you'd be surprised how many times I've really tried to reach out and work with people and I'm not trying to, to, to shut you down and pull all your people away. I want to I work with good, good, solid preachers if we can... Amen. But you'd be surprised how many people say, well, I'm, that's nice. Thank you. But I'm, I'd be glad that if, if your doors closed tomorrow and you were out trying to uh, go back out to Uber and all those people were coming and paying their tithes over in my church, that's what I'd, that'd be okay with me. Now, they don't say it that way, but 
<laughs> Listen, we, we need to help build one another up. Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not inherit, the, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend or cause one of these to stumble, one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he would drowned, he were drowned in the depth of the sea. You know what the Lord said is makes us great in the kingdom of heaven? Being humble. Being humble. But I tell you, pride is a subtle enemy. Pride can slip in behind the scenes and be a motive even in the pulpit, even in the church pew. Amen. If you're saying all the right things, but it's for you to be lifted up. Amen. God sees the difference. Amen. God knows. God knows what is ministry. Hey, as a as a parent, some of you that you've seen maybe the wrong crowd or the uh, maybe try to say all the right things or maybe the wrong boy or girl say all the 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 right things and and you're the bad guy because you don't agree but you realize hey they're using you and I'm telling you this. The one that would stay up all night if you're sick and use their last dime to, to help you make it. And, oh, no, you're out to get me there, my friend. I've seen that as a preacher already. Oh, this is this is what's really good. They, they, they're seeing great things happen and they got all kinds of things. And they're all just building their own kingdom. And I'd be excited for somebody to be doing good no matter where they're doing good. Absolutely. But what I'm talking about when somebody's just trying to build up their own name, build up their own personal kingdom, there's a difference. And in the spirit, you can detect that. You can see that. It's not a bunch of, uh, you know, in, in this world, if you're going to be a leader in, in, in um, making money in business or a lot of it in politics, you know, you've got to just kind of crush your enemies and might makes right. And, and we're going to uh, tear down anybody gets in our way. And sometimes we say, hey, that's kind of what we need. But in the kingdom of God, he said, you need to be like a child, humble yourself and not, uh, not uh, build yourself up. Amen. Pride is not always that proud, cocky arrogance. Sometimes it's just working in you that keeps you from being teachable. Hear what I'm saying. Some people, I think, the last thing you would say about yourselves is that I'm, I'm, I'm a, that, that you're a proud individual. And the last thing somebody might even say about you is that you're proud or arrogant but, you know, a child, to become like a child really means something. To humble yourself like a child. I go back to what Solomon said. He said, you know what, what God said? You can have anything you want, Solomon, in a dream. I'm coming to you, and, I, and you, you just ask, and 
You can ask for long life. You can ask for victory over your enemies. You can ask for wealth. And he said, I want wisdom because I'm just a child. I don't know how to come in and go out. So I need an understanding heart. I need wisdom. How he equated the idea of being a child is, I, I, I don't know. I need somebody to lead me. I need somebody to take my hand and teach me. I, I, I recognize I don't know everything. See, this is kind of hard to get across because of this generation, you know, children, they know a whole lot more than everybody. <laughs> but the idea is to humble yourself like a child means, okay, I'm in school. I need taught. I'm not. But pride keeps us from filling that role. Oh, I don't want to be the dummy. You're not a dummy. I don't want to be the one that needs help. We all need help. But pride uh, look what it says in Proverbs. There's so many scriptures and that we could turn to, especially in Proverbs. But Proverbs 9, verse 7, says, He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. He that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. You, you try to help somebody that their, their heart's not right. You are going to be attacked for it. You're, they, uh, they're going to accuse you of, uh, of trying to, to be somebody or something, and you're just trying to help, trying to lead. Reprove not a scorner. There's a lot of times, listen now, church, some of you say, you need to, oh, Brother Flosser, he's going he's gonna to set them straight. And then you see me just keep on walking. What? Man, I'm telling you what, you, you could have told them five different ways without even thinking about it, how wrong that was. Well, God says don't reprove a scorner, lest he hate thee. I've learned that lesson the hard way. Rebuke a wise man. And he will love thee. Somewhere, I've seen it. I, I don't think it's around anymore. But somewhere in church, I've, I've seen people just get a bad attitude. Like, oh, you know, I, I, I take a lot of things, but I don't want to be rebuked. Oh, it, it doesn't have to be all that. It, it doesn't have to be. And it shouldn't be. I, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of bad situations. I feel like a preacher needs to love and respect people that he ministers. It's a gift that God has blessed us to be a part of a uh, of his ministry. Amen. And and this is not some kind of, you know, treating you like a child kind of thing. But uh, he said, if you rebuke a wise man, he will love thee. Now, a lot of people in their mind, they have this idea that rebuke means it's got to be all worked up and 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 uh scolding if you will but i don't necessarily believe there has to be anything like that the only reason that ever happens is when flesh is somewhere it's like all of a sudden rising up against you and start we talked about that recently we don't have to get back into that again but listen if you rebuke a wise man he's going to love you i i tell you what i've always had the understanding that i'm not i'm not here pride makes you feel like oh you're what i'm gonna feel so dumb if you prove me wrong prove me wrong if i'm wrong about something especially my soul 
and you've shown me my error. You're my friend. That's the best thing that could happen all day. Oh, something's wrong with you, man. You, you. No, it's just that that kind of pride needs to be repented of. There's too much of that in church. I've been in church how long? It doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with it. How many people you know that have been living with mis, with things that are wrong for a long, long time? Maybe they know a lot of things. Oh, but I've done this. I just, hey, if a wise man will love you for it. because It just makes sense that if there's something that, that you can be helped with, but our pride says, I want to be the helper. I want to be the one that blesses. I want to be the one that teaches. I want to be the one that's right. I don't, want to, I don't ever want somebody to come back and have to help me or minister to me. It's just the way the body works. And you've got to recognize that kind of shame. It's a subtle enemy of pride that makes you feel little some reason. You know, God will heal that in you. You know, there's a lot of people. Listen, listen, listen. I think about this every day when I look around this world. People are broken. And it's a lot of times it's, they've, they've had a rough life without Jesus. They've had upbringings that are abusive. They've had upbringings that have been anything but healthy, let alone godly. And so there's a lot of mistrust and there's a lot of things to prove. But when you get to an altar and really let God work in your heart, that, that just, you know, God heals you, brings you together with that. And you don't have to be so worried about what somebody's going to think if I'm the one that doesn't understand. I'm the only one that has. No, you're not. I'm the only one that doesn't get. No, you're not. That's a subtle enemy of pride reprove not a scorner lest he hate you rebuke a wise man and he will love thee see rebuke isn't so bad if a wise man thinks it's awesome <laughs> give instruction to a wise man and he will yet be be yet wiser teach a just man and he will increase in learning if you're a just man and a wise man you can still learn and grow see Pride, that subtle pride that's just kind of behind the scenes. You don't walk around with your head stuck up in the air. But that thought that comes into your mind that says, you think I'm dumb. You think I don't know, but I know. know, The Bible tells us if you think you know something, you probably don't know it like you should. You know, a wise man and and a just man will increase and be wiser. We so often like like Adam and Eve. We we here comes here comes God. Here comes truth. Here comes righteousness. We're going to cover ourselves. We're going to hide ourselves from that. And we hide ourselves behind a, 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 a an excuse or blaming. Oh, you know, well, the, the, you know, I this is why I do that. Or the, you don't understand. Or they now wait a minute. Just learn. Yeah. You don't have to have a big reason of why you're just not everything. You need to be when we're all just learning and growing. Amen. Amen. And it's it's pride and pride is 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 such a dangerous enemy. Nobody wants to admit pride is work, but it, it does just like fear in those subtle ways. Every one of us now, every one of us somehow with a with those uh, 
three areas that we talked about, that somehow that has worked in us and affected us in some way where we backed up. We don't want to be a, a fail. We don't want to fail so we don't even try or we don't want to, we don't want to be hurt so we don't reach out and try to be a friend, right? That's not somebody that's evil. That's just a subtle way that the enemy tries to get at us. Same thing with pride. We just come into this like a child and say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I know, I know what I know, and I feel like I'm doing better than I've ever done, but I've got a long way to learn and to grow and a lot to learn, and I'm excited about that. Amen. You know, when somebody just finishes the first grade, you know, now they have graduation ceremonies for the like kindergarten and first grade, don't they? I think last time, if people still go to schools and it's not all on computer, last time I checked, I don't know. But, uh, you know, they have big celebrations. They don't think, yeah, you know, here come the high school students, you stupid first graders that don't know anything. No, that's exciting. You know, what are they, six, seven years old, and they've learned some things, and their A pluses matter. Their graduation matters because they're doing great right where they are. We're all learning and growing. And ah, I should know that by now. Just keep learning. Don't don't let pride mess with your head like that. Second Timothy four. Pride is a subtle enemy. When you're learning. And you're growing. You can still just say, "I've got a lot to learn," and I'm okay, and I'm I'm good with that. I'm excited about that. When you're in this church and you know, just don't quite have it all yet. Maybe somehow some you're still learning and growing. And I, I respect the pace that God has each one of us in. Say, so you don't have any excuse. Ah, just keep keep in your lane and keep learning. Maybe, maybe I, I'll tell you what. When you start looking at somebody else, say, you know what? They should know better. And then all of a sudden, sometimes at the end of the preaching, you say, oh, I should know better. <laughs> I, I should. Oh, I, 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 uh, there's a lot of things. I, I Wow, I need that. God's, God's good at just keeping us in, in check. Second Timothy four, verse two, preach the word. He's telling the preacher, preach the word. We read this so often. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Anybody think maybe that's where we are? Why are these many of these modern day churches preaching everything but sound doctrine? Well, the Bible says that's what people are heaping to themselves. Amen. But the Bible tells us that we need to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all law. That's, that's getting down to where we're living. That's helping perfect the saints of God. The book of Ephesians talks about the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. That I think everybody... That uh, many people, let's just say, I think they really like it when they got a preacher that's bold enough to do exactly what God said. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And uh, how many times I've heard people say, oh, I just love this man. He's, he just tells it like it is. Does he ever get a chance to tell you like it is? <laughs> oh, he better not. 
That, that's that's the thing. I, I know there's a lot of churches that will will oh they'll they'll preach so hard about uh, about uh, what's going on in the news and what's going on in in Hollywood. But when it comes down to to maybe uh, again maybe who's on the platform or who's in the front row and praise God or whatever row you're in, Amen. <laughs> so you say everybody from the second row back says, "Yeah, preach about that front row preacher." <laughs> yeah. We all like it when somebody else is getting, oh, that preacher's bold. Oh, that's why they needed that. And I'm so glad. Sometimes you might need it. Sure you do. Sure you do. Thank God for it. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Bible says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. That means, preacher, you exercise that. But we've got to be exercised by it we've got to be able to receive that and recognize that that that's that's helpful again in ministry not we're not talking about spiritual abuse time will come when they will not endorse sound doctrine but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables god help us in this day that we're living in, where is it in the Bible? What do we let's stay with the word of God. Help us, God. But so many people, the pride that keeps them from from learning, from growing. Amen. Why? Why? If you don't understand something, do you have to get angry about it? Why? When you say, well, I'm not sure that I, I, I you know, I'm still maybe struggling with some things, you know, why? Well, don't get nasty about it. Pray and. And, 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 and maybe ask some questions, but, but uh, don't let pride overtake you. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable. How many know the Word of God is profitable? Yeah. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. I'm telling you, one of the best blessings that God can ever bestow on you is correct you. Because if you're wrong and you go in a bad direction and God corrects you, let me say it again. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Amen. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Hallelujah. Philippians 2. Are you still with me? Amen. Philippians 2. It's, uh, It's a tough day we're living in. Like I said, people have been hurt. People have been done wrong. And uh, to be able to have authority, to have that kind of boldness in teaching, in pastoring, in ministering as a church, because we're all a part of this and working together in this. And and sometimes uh, uh, people right away just uh, kind of like uh, reaching out to a puppy that's been beaten. You know, they're going to kind of kind of pull away and, and uh, put the tail between their legs and hide. But... But uh, we need to to learn how to just, God, I, I want to learn. I want to grow. Yes. Philippians 2, verse 1. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of spirit, any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my, fulfill ye my joy. Paul, through the, I, I believe very much, through the just the heart of the Spirit of God. Amen says, I want you, you want to, you want to make me happy today. You want to make, give me joy today. 
that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. See, there's the key. If he's saying, do everything you're doing in lowliness of mind and humility, that means these other things, it's pride. Strife, vainglory, it's pride. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Help us, Lord. I'll say it for you. Right? How, how easy is that? Just to thank God. Just like Paul. I'm, the, I'm not worthy to be called an apostle. I'm the least of the apostles. How often do we come to the house of God and say, uh, I'm, I'm the least, God. God, I, I don't deserve your truth. I don't deserve my place in the house of God. That's... Uh, that's humility. How dare somebody talk to me that way? It's pride. Let now, here's the key of this all, of this all. Look not every man to his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Don't worry, I'm praying for you too. You'll be all right. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. All this about loving somebody else and esteeming them or considering them more worthy than you are. This is the mind of Christ. Amen. Amen. Jesus, the, the word is that, that's used so often is he condescended. He, he humbled, he lowered himself to not only humanity, but the, the form of a servant. He came not to crush his enemies, but to die for them. Right. Not to destroy the sinners, but to destroy their sin through his own death. Amen. Look what it says. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, because he was God with us, but made himself of no reputation. What about your reputation? What about, hey, there's one thing to have a testimony, and that's important, but your reputation, that is, consi- what are people going to think about me when I start living for God? What is somebody going to say when I start just really trying to be my best for God? How are people going to, are they going to mock me? Are they going to, are, are they not going to, they're going to put me out of their company? He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What does this mean? It means be like Jesus. Pride is a subtle enemy. It's, it's worked on all of us. Behind the scenes to try to keep us from from growing, from learning, from 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 sometimes when God moves, you know, we we kind of try to think it's we're going to move up the food chain as a as we grow in God. And, you know, people are going to listen to us and, you know, uh, oh, you know, our our, our families, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm I've got authority now. And and you just look at the Bible and and you see that. The higher up you go, the highest you can go is Jesus. All things are under his feet. And Jesus humbled himself to serve 
and to die the death of the cross. Amen. God with us. Be like Jesus. I'll read this to you. You, you, you know it. First Corinthians 13 talks about love. This charity is suffereth long. It's patient. Amen. It's kind. And it envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. It's not bragging. It's not in a competition. It's not puffing itself up and trying to make itself. You know, uh, we we just I thank God. I thank God. That's why it's so important. Church, I, I'm. it's so important that everything we do is to his glory. That all that we do, the. The, the teaching, the preaching, the, the worship, the musical instruments, the testimonies, and everything, every part of it, that God will receive glory. You know, when somebody's, I'm so glad I can preach this and, uh, and not feel like we just need to deal with something. But, you know, somebody's trying to get attention where they're almost competitive worship. <laughs> it's like competitive holiness. Like they almost think that there's going to be medals handed out. Hey, come on. I know. I know who's holier than everybody here. Come on. Where's my medal? No, you're help people. Help people. Amen. When, when your worship, when your testimony of, uh, of, of thank God for people with convictions. We all need convictions. Amen. But we're not in a, in a, in a, you know, a competition with one another. Just keep on trying to serve and help somebody see that you got something worth having. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Pride is a subtle enemy that every one of us needs to examine ourselves and say, God, I, I don't ever want to get to a place where I don't examine myself. You know, I've said it many times, I love as much of a mess as seemed like the apostles, the disciples had there at the communion supper. What a testimony of humility when Jesus began to talk about his betrayal that was coming up. And they began to say, is it I? I think that needs to be our attitude it's not what does somebody else need in this service God talk to me help me grow it's not just church situations you're going through God's going to teach you through it trials that you're facing sometimes God's going to refine you in the fires let him let him work off some of the rough edges let him work in you some of more of his his righteousness his holiness and we want to help you we want to help you in that process come on let's find a place to pray oh we love you Jesus Lord take pride
about it. Pride so often is that arrogance that we see around this world so often. It's so ungodly and so detestable, but how often the enemy just slips in subtly with his wiles, with pride that keeps us from from learning, from growing, from Hallelujah. From being instructed in His His will in a better way. Help us, Lord, I pray, to be humble. Let's all stand. Father, thank You. Thank You, Lord, for leading us in this service. Guide us, Lord, with, with Your Word, with Your promise, God, day by day, to that we would be more like You. God, I'm asking You now to just go with each one of us. Lord, let us be aware of our own motives, God, and help us just to be like children. And you could guide us, Lord, in your best will. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. Keep us, I pray, protected and in health, God. And continue just to work through each one of us. We love you. We thank you for what you're doing, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church.